you can have a good financing, you can have momentum, but if the timing isn't there, you're going to have a hard time. Welcome to The Wagon Live, where each week we bring you stories from entrepreneurs around the world. This week, we're talking to Patrick Gagné, partner and chief product officer of Teo Taxi, a taxi startup from Montreal. Patrick hasn't had your typical career. He was an architect before becoming an entrepreneur. But the one thing that always drove him was innovation. He's helped build a wide variety of businesses, transforming their business models to suit the digital world we live in today. Let's get started. My first career was, was in architecture. And it's funny to, to, to see that 25 years later, I'm in technology and I'm in, you know, uh, in, in, the tech, in the taxi industry. If you, have, if you had asked me 25 years ago when I graduated from architecture, if I, w- if I would be A, in technology and B, in the taxi world, I would have laughed my head off, literally. Um, so, and funny enough, 25 years later, here I am. So, in a nutshell, that's, that's where I'm at. Interesting. Uh, but... Taxi, we all know it's a very difficult area to, to launch an idea or to, to build a product. So why did you choose taxi and what, what, what is so passionate about, about it for you? Um, and um, what is the, the key element that makes you decide to go for, for this such uh, adventure? So when you're, um, in a, when you're in the startup world, you're always looking for opportunities, right? And that's what drove me to the taxi industry is while uh, founding Tag Taxi five years ago, uh, realized that with the partners I was developing this, um, that there was an opportunity to um, create uh, a, new, a new client experience. Uh, in the taxi world, because it's such an antiquated industry, such an old industry. Uh, back then, it was even more antiquated before Uber even arrived in, in Montreal, right? So I saw that opportunity from the get-go and realized that, wow, there's something to do here. Nothing's been done yet in that, in that industry, um, and it's, there's so much to, uh, to transform, it's incredible. And we're only at the beginning of the transfer- transformation. Uh, obviously, Uber's done a hell of a job in disrupting this industry and creating a context for change, but I'm telling you, it's still, it's still only the beginning um, because there's, there's so much to do. So there was that uh, aspect. There was the ability to uh, create a better client experience. So, wow, uh, you know, you start from the old taxi system, and you're, think, you're thinking, how can I improve on that? My God, there's so many things to do. It's, you know, I, 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 back then I was, I realized, my God, there, you know, we have years of development to improve that that customer experience. So that there's an opportunity there, and there's also the fact that um, technology hasn't hadn't been introduced in in the taxi world yet, really. Uh, before you know, before you, Tag, Tag Tag was the first mobile app in Montreal. It was four years ago. And um, uh, I realized that there was really there was a true opportunity there to create some value, uh, and then and then you know um, create a create a new uh, a new transformation wave, and that's what we're doing right now with Teo Taxi. Actually, you know we've been operating for the last year and a half, and um, uh, and it's truly I I think we we've had an impact on on the industry uh, in Montreal. Uh, I think we've changed, and we only have today 120 vehicles, so we're only at the beginning of of this project. But there is 
a strong um, a strong opportunity at many levels to make you know to make a quick right. quick answer to your question. So it has nothing to do with a visit in Paris, like other <laughs> other entrepreneurs. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you told about Tag Taxi. Um, can you tell us maybe more about this uh, this product and uh, what are the key um, I take the takeaways, the three takeaways you you, you can uh, share with us from this sure. experience? Sure. So the, the Tag Taxi was a, a mobile application that was um, contrary to Uber. We wanted to partner with the industry, and we had the vision of being the open table of taxis. Right. That was the vision. So how can we, how can we uh, sort of federate the taxi industry, which is very fragmented? You know, in Montreal alone, there are 20, today 15 taxi companies, but back then there were 21 uh, taxi companies. How can we federate, help this, this industry federate behind a new app that could or enable clients to order a cab without, without having to think about which company to call just through a mobile application and then select a vehicle and then you're off, off you go. So that's really um, what, we, what we had in mind when we started uh, ta uh, Tag Taxi to become the open table. Some of you might have used open table to reserve a, 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 you know, a restaurant. Uh, really that's what we had in mind. Really make it simple, frictionless to order a cab. We connect with each cab company's uh, dispatch system so we become sort of a universal platform to be able to communicate with all of these dispatch systems across the city. To become sort of seamless, right? So that was, that was the, uh, the, the vision when we started that, that project. Um, and we really thought we had this, this, um, this idea had legs and we had a contract. We had two contracts uh, when we came out, uh, when we launched Tag Taxi. But we soon, soon enough realized that uh, we were running into some issues. Um, and you know, some of you might have launched products in the past, might have launched companies in the past. Uh, you realize that validation is one of the keys. And I realized that although we had two contracts, we had two partnerships, we hadn't validated the market that much. And then we soon enough realized that, wow, the market wasn't gonna take, take this. I'm talking about the taxi companies adhering to our model and then signing up on Tag Taxi, we realized that the taxi companies were sort of uh, balking at the idea and refusing the idea of signing up into a, a sort of federated model behind Tag Taxi, and that um, that came quite early in the in, in the in the process when we launched. And that for me was a big learning. <laughs> it was painful, trust me. And when I realized that, my God, we have we have an issue here because. It's too early in the market, so the, the 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 industry, the taxi industry, wasn't ready for this kind of change. Uber hadn't arrived in town, and we were trying to partner with the industry, right? And these guys were like, "I can develop my own app myself. I'll, I'll hire a, a guy, you know, in his basement. We'll do a mobile app for five thousand dollars, and away we go. And Uber's never never gonna steal my business." And I was telling, I I, I remember. You know, having having arguments with with some of the taxi folks and telling them, you have no idea what's coming up. You have no idea when when Uber hits town here, they will they will make circles around you in terms of marketing, in terms of communication, because Uber is is really a a, a super machine, uh, super communication machine. That's the, the, and that's what they do that very very well. And the taxi industry 
isn't structured, doesn't have that sort of marketing savvy to communicate with, with clients. And I'm sure you've all experienced, you know, the traditional taxi versus Uber or versus Teal. There's a, there's a, a, a chasm, and a, a huge chasm, and it's all about customer service, which they hadn't thought through because the taxi industry is very fragmented. You know, just to give you a quick idea of how it's structured, there are 11,000 drivers in Montreal. There are 4,400 cars, right? 4,400 taxi permits. So those are owned by taxi owners, taxi permit owners, which are not drivers. And they're not employees of the taxi companies. Taxi companies actually are call centers. So it's a pretty complex industry, very fragmented. It doesn't have the ability to invest in technology that much. And uh, nor does it have any marketing savvy. So obviously, when Uber came around, it was already too late. Uh, so, and, and that's what I was trying to prevent back then when I launched Tac Taxi and realized it was too early. The timing wasn't right to launch this product at that at that moment. So, long answer to your to your question, but that's that's the vision we had initially. So, from, from Tac Taxi to Teo Taxi, uh, what's changed, and how did you? convince the taxi drivers uh, to work with you because you decide to have your own cars. What was so important about this strategy of having your own cars? So when I, um, when I decided to, to, to leave the, ta the tag taxi project and, and um, move on to, to uh, other adventures, if you want, one of the learnings that I, I, had, uh, I came out with was a timing. Uh, timing is crucial. Uh, to launch a product. Validation as well is a second learning. Um, validation of your business model before you launch, and that's something that we hadn't done enough. I had two contracts. I should have, I should have went out there and signed 10. And I, I, soon enough, I would have realized that there's a problem with my business assumption here. There's a problem with my premise, right? And perhaps I would have pivoted on the model before launching, before launching the product. So that's my second learning. Third, is the fact that uh, realize that I couldn't control the experience inside of the car. The only thing I had was a mobile app. Once you ordered that car, you would step into a normal taxi, right? Same thing for Uber. When you order an Uber, you don't know what you're going to get. You, you can get a great driver with a supercar, but you can get also a shady, you know, uh, shady car with a sketchy driver. You, you don't know that. You don't know what's coming up, and that there's a sort of irregularity in that in that customer service that uh, that uh, is inherent to, to, to that kind of service. So, we, my third, uh, I guess, um, validation point or learning from Tag Taxi was that if I'm able to control customers' experience in the car, I'll be able to differentiate myself from Uber. I'll be able to differentiate myself from the tech, traditional taxi world because I'm going to standardize. And this is exactly what we're trying to accomplish with TO Taxi today, is the ability to deliver a, a consistent customer experience every time you order a car. It's always the same car that comes. It's washed. It's clean. It's clean outside. It's clean inside. There's Wi-Fi on board. There's a passenger tablet in the back that welcomes you when you come in the car. There's a branded driver. You know, he has his jacket with a TO tag. He has his baseball cap with TO. So it's always the same experience you're getting when you order a car. And that's fundamental because that predictability 
is what we're trying to sell, is really what we're trying to convey. And that's very difficult to do. So I guess, you know, to, back to your question, what are my takeaways from TAG? Those three are key. And the third one is, is controlling that experience in the car. So our drivers, as you might know, some of you may not, I'll run it by you quickly, our cars are, are actually owned by Tio Taxi, right? Whereas in the taxi world, the car is owned by a uh, permit, taxi permit owner and Ubers are owned by the, the individual drivers, right? We own the vehicles. So we're able to make it consistent in terms of quality. The drivers are salaried, so they're employees in Tio Taxi. So we're able to, to, to command a certain level of customer service, right? So that, that's a fundamental difference from the traditional taxi world or the car sharing uh, uh, segment uh, of the industry. So those are the, my three takeaways from TAG. Uh, was it difficult to, to recruit the taxi drivers? And how yeah, that you... was your, your, your other question, yes. So um, we, uh, you know, when we launched Tio Taxi, we had a lineup of, of drivers uh, and that, that wanted to um, become part of that new story. So we had a lot of uh, maverick drivers that wanted to be part of this new adventure, uh, this new beginning, right? Um, but we also had drivers that came into the TO and realized that being an employee has a lot of constraints. And some of those drivers are in the taxi world to, to, to benefit from a certain freedom, right? They, they rent a car and they're able to you know, make the hours they want. But in the end, they're not more, they're not, they don't have more freedom that much than if they're an employee because they wind up uh, putting in 60, 70, 80 hours a week because they have to pay back their, 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 um, their permit, right? They're renting a permit on a per week basis. So they have a financial stress which ties them to their car, the renting, and which sort of pushes them into being, you know, behind the wheel 60, 70 hours a week. It's a huge stress, right? So some drivers <clears throat> uh, realize that it's, it's a trade-off. You know, they, they, they're, they're relinquishing a, cer a certain freedom to become an employee in a company. And that's a situation they've never, some of them have never lived Right? So we're finding that we have two sort of reactions to our model. So recruiting, recruiting is, um, uh, is a bit of a challenge at, at this point. At the beginning, we had a lot of enthusiasm, but right now we, you know, we have, we're, we've reached a point where we need to broaden, <clears throat> um, we need to be able to broaden um, uh, you know, our, our, um, um, our, our how should I say our employment process, so that we're we're be, we're, we're able to you know to to uh, uh, hire more drivers, uh, and we're reaching that point right now where we need to have a better you know a better process in terms of uh, referrals, ref uh, screening candidates as well. So that's where we're at at this point. Okay, um, we understand the vision, and uh, and I was wondering how did you get from the idea the this big vision because it's such a huge scale of project. Yep. How did you get from the idea to the to the uh, to the to the project, and uh, how how did you manage to to reach people, to reach drivers? Uh, did you have some announcements or some political uh, people involved in the project, and how how did it work? 
So this is not your your typical um, startup that you grind in a basement with two you know two coders, two developers, and a, um, a business person or a business development person. This is a project that needs to be um, from the get-go at at a bigger scale because we need to have we're at 120 vehicles right now in our, in our pilot project. So purchasing 120 vehicles, hiring 250 drivers. Uh, and, and 75 people, um, 25 or 30 of which are in technology, is a big is a big startup. So, you know, we had to make sure that we were able to convince uh, the financial community to be able to, to back us. Uh, and and that's you know mainly uh, how Alexandre Taifin has been. Uh, you know, his his contribution to the project is one of which is um, the financing part of that. We uh, so we had to we had to scale up quickly. We did a lot of validation, though. So we went from going from the idea to launch. We went through a year and a half of validating, validating, and revalidating our business model with with drivers, with taxi permit owners, with customers. So we did a hell of a lot of um, you know business model canvas of interviews with drivers. Uh, and we were running on a uh, on a, uh, a revenue sharing model initially until we reached aha moment with some drivers and realized that their biggest problem is financial insecurity, right? And what we wanted to accomplish here is um, uh, you know transforming the industry. And real we realized that we couldn't do that without transforming the economics of the industry. So by in, in that aha moment, we realized that with some drivers, if we were able to reduce their financial anxiety, we're, we're going to be able to solve a part of the problem, right? So this is when we had, we had the idea of um, instead of having contractors or independent drivers, we'd start, you know, we'd start a model with employees. So drivers that would be employees in our model, they get a stability, a financial financial stability, and they're able to offer a better better customer service. So th that was a, the initial assumption we came up with before launching our project. So going from the idea to launch at that scale took a lot of time. So to use a, 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 a you know an expression, measuring twice, cutting once, that's really what we did. So we did a lot of validation before we. Um, launched our, our proof of concept in November 2015. So it took us a year and a half to get there, which is a lot of time. But we're all, you know, I'm talking about the founders here who were working part-time on this. There was no company name. There was no, you know, bank account. There was no funding. This was all pro bono uh, development until we reached a point where, okay, we, we're, we're enough, we're secure enough on the business model here and we're able to, finance this this project this proof of concept this pilot project meanwhile we did a lot of validation with the government so we did um, we made some regulation uh, changes um, we made some demands to change regulation under a pilot project I'm going to give you one we made 20 at least 25 regulation changes um, that were included in our pilot project but the one of the main ones is is the ability to rent licenses so instead of purchasing a taxi license under a model we rent those licenses so we maintain we maintain the, the value of, of these taxi permits we help Maintaining those the, the, the value of those, ta those taxi licenses, so from the get go we, we were partnering with the industry and partnering with the regulators to get this project off the ground 
So there, there are many parts to, to that answer. It's a, you know, I, I could talk about that for hours, but I've, I've given you sort of some of the key points. Okay, but about the funds, uh, so you didn't raise any money uh, at the beginning, but how did you manage to, 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 to last that long uh, on the validations? And so um, basically, it's uh, the, the founding founding members of of the company that were putting putting in time. Uh, a bit of money. Uh, in, a lot of money. <laughs> well, the, the 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 injection of capital came before we launched, so we had uh, some capital when we raised capital before launching, about four months before we launched. So imagine this: you know, we we raised capital in August 2015, and we were starting to order cars. We were launching in November, right? So we had a fixed date where we wanted to launch. Why? were we launching then, we wanted to make sure that we were going to cover in our pilot project two winters. Because our premise is that if you can make it in Montreal, you can make it anywhere. Right? If we're able to operate a taxi fleet at scale, at a certain scale, uh, through two winters in Montreal, you can make it anywhere. Because we're introducing an electric vehicle, right? And managing a fleet of cars. So we're no longer in a model of you know, the traditional taxi company, which is a broker or a call center. Really, taxi companies are call centers, by the way. Eh? They, they, they provide calls to, to independent drivers. That's what they do. We're operating a fleet. It's a totally different model because, because the cars are our own. Our, our charging infrastructure is also owned by TO Taxi. So really an operator with employees. Right, so it's a very different model from the uh, different than than the uh, taxi uh, industry. So that's um, that's one of the fun fundamental uh, differentiators. Okay. Um, how how is the company uh, size today, and uh, what does the team looks like? I mean, uh, the people you're working with at the beginning. Uh, how did you get to convince them to join you, and uh, and how how did it go so far? So. So how do we? Um, how do we? How what is, what's the size? What size have we reached? Uh, and how do we convince? Um, so right now, Tio Taxi actually Taxelco, and I don't want to get into the our, our you know too much into our company structure, but we have a, a sort of a mother company called Taxelco, which owns Tio Taxi, but also purchased Taxi Oshlaga and Taxi Diamond. So with those three taxi fleets. We have 1,600 cars of the 4,400 uh, cars in Montreal. So we have a pretty decent size of the market today. Uh, so we have two traditional companies uh, operating under Taxelco, and we have TO Taxi. So, but under TO Taxi, we have 250 drivers today who are employees. Uh, and we have, in total, 400 employees under Taxelco. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty big start startup uh, today. Um, so, you know, convincing folks to come on board with, with TO is, um, is actually um, not too difficult because, you know, we have a, a lot of people coming to us, um, and, uh, and I, know, I know a few here, um, Barthélemy, for instance, uh, uh, we actually had uh, coffee uh, two weeks ago, and Barthélemy is uh, super interested by the TO model, and he's been interested in that. For the, for the last two years, because it's it has a social impact, it has an ecological impact, it has an you know an, an innovation impact as well. 
transformational impact. We're transforming the taxi industry. So people come to us and want to be part of that mission. And, and so it's, it's pretty, it's, it's kind of natural. We don't need to convince people to work at TO. They come pretty naturally because there's that, I guess if you have an inclination to align your personal values with, with uh, business values, then, then it's a natural. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, when I go to sleep at night, I'm, I'm you know, I'm very, um, I'm a, how should I say, I'm, I'm a happy man. I'm a, I, I have that, I, I would say the privilege of being able to align my personal values with, with the business. And that's, uh, I guess that's kind of cool. It's kind of, uh, it's, uh, it's a motivator, a big motivator. Yeah. Uh, motivator. Sure. Um, we also know you are very involved in the, in the tech community here in Montreal. And uh, can, we, can you tell, tell us a bit more about your, your mentorship and, uh, and uh, the project you're working with, uh, you're working on, and maybe uh, give some advice to the entrepreneurs here uh, about the, the very crucial elements we need to, for, to have success about the, on the project? So I, um, I got involved in mentorship um, um, uh, three, four years ago um, on an ad hoc basis, informal basis, and then I got involved into the Fondation de l'Entrepreneurship of, uh, of Quebec uh, in Montreal. And um, I also decided to, uh, I hopped on board a, a project uh, in early 2015 to found, to co-found uh, InnoCité. You know, Stiza is a uh, startup accelerator in Montreal that's uh, in the uh, smart city uh, sector. Uh, so I co-founded that uh, two years ago, and I'm very proud of that as well. Um, it's something that um, felt natural to me, being involved in urban mobility. And, and also there's an opportunity to found this with uh, Real Ventures and uh, the uh, smart city um, uh, bureau in, in, of the city of Montreal. So, you know, the, the, the founding of that, of that project was, um, uh, for me, a, a great moment. I, I, had, uh, I have great pride in, in seeing that today. It's still a project that's thriving. Uh, actually, tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to be meeting a, a cohort, uh, the, the third cohort of uh, InnoStick, for a founder talk uh, there at uh, Notman House. And uh, I, I find that very gratifying, actually, to be able to, um, uh, you know, share the experience. I don't have answers to all the questions. It's, um, you know, I don't pretend to have the magic bullet either. You know, uh, entrepreneurship is very, very difficult. It's, uh, it's very tough to, um, to decide to, you know, uh, invest your time, money into a market and, and managing that, that, that risk, managing that financial risk. I have a lot of admiration for people who decide to do that as well. Um, and if I can devote a bit of my time to help some entrepreneurs, I, I do and I will. I think that's, um, it's, it's important to give back as well. And um, because, because, you know, entrepreneurship can be a lonely, a lonely spot. It's, it can be a lonely journey. And some of you, who's, who's an entrepreneur here? Who's actually launching uh, a product here? So we have four or five people. It's, you know, and, and I, I share, uh, uh, you know, some, some of your anxieties. Uh, 
loneliness sometimes, and that's why entrepreneurs typically reach out to the community. So I think it's important to be involved and in, in, in reaching out. Um, and, and advice is, you know, I'm not good at giving advices and magic bullets. I don't think that there are uh, real magic bullets. I, I, you know, I can share some of the learnings that I've, I've, I've um, come across. And I, I think I've shared some from the TAC Taxi experience. Um, I think, you know, you can, you can align the best board of directors. You can have the best business plan. You can, you can have thought through your model, like, you know, from, from uh, um, A to Z. You can have a good financing. Uh, you can have momentum. But if the timing isn't there you're going to have a hard time. And that's what I found, I found out in, in, in Tad Taxi, realized that the timing wasn't there to uh, revolutionize the taxi industry. And it's sometimes when the timing isn't there, you can't, you can't provoke that timing. You, it's just beyond your capability as an entrepreneur to create the, the conditions for that timing to be there. And that's very difficult to do. But, uh, you know, when I partnered with uh, Alexandre Taifar three years ago, one thing he learned, because he's um, much more of a serial entrepreneur than, than I am, so the sense of timing was there from the beginning. And when we, you know, uh, got together to develop this project, we realized that um, UberX, Uber was in town already. It had been there for a year, but some of you might know that Uber started in the taxi segment first day. They didn't do UberX at the beginning. Um, and then they launched UberX a year later. And that's when we started our TO project. And when we realized that they were launching UberX, we, th we thought, well, this, this is going to be the opportunity, right? This is the, this is the Napster, this is the Napster of the taxi industry, right? And if we, if we can benefit from that, because that that is that that is the the uh, I guess the uh, spark for transfer, transformation. It takes a disruptor, and we didn't want to be that disruptor. We wanted to be the a transformer. We wanted to be the iTunes of the Napster, right? To make it you know a bit of a shady uh, analogy. It, it may not work throughout, but hear me out on this. Um, iTunes came out with after Napster came out with a sort of standardized model, right? With a with a standardized experience, 99 cents a song, you know, a tune uh, with a standardized format. That's exactly what we want to do here with Tio Taxi. It's the same car, the same standardized experience. So you have when you order a car, you know exactly what you're gonna get. Thanks for listening to the Wagon Live. Tune in next week for another episode. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our series by clicking the subscribe button.